Welcome to The Farm Project, where a group of ex-members and concerned loved ones take a deep dive into the Christian nonprofit organization based in Holden, Missouri called Harvest Home, Our Father's Farm. We want to caution our listeners, especially ex-farm members, that this episode comes with a trigger warning. This episode also comes with a disclaimer that the information presented and opinions expressed are solely our own. Hey everybody, it's SC and D here on for your last episode of season one. Uh, we're so grateful that you all were here with us for this season, and we uh, appreciate seeing all the comments, questions, and even clarifications that we've gotten uh, all over our platforms, and just to see how many plays we've had. I think I think we're over uh, 600 plays at the moment, so honestly, that means 600 of you have listened to one podcast or all of them. Um, and that's just really encouraging to us. And we are just really honored to be here um, and to be with you for this last episode. We do have, uh, we are preparing for a season two, um, if all, if if God willing, really. Um, and we will be uh, looking for uh, new stories that come in. And we do have um, a, a new story that was uh, shared with us that we'll be sharing then. And then we keep getting information uh, coming in, which is just honestly uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's validating. Yeah. It's very validating to, to see all these, uh, stories come in and even just to hear from you guys. We just really appreciate that. So don't ever hesitate to reach out. Um, we will do our best to, to correspond with you. Um, so without further ado, uh, this episode is kind of all about, um, it's a whole Q and a episode. So we've gathered questions from you uh, like I said, some clarifications, and we're just kind of going to walk through those with you for a little bit and hopefully kind of tie things up um, and make sense of a, some few, a few things that maybe were a little confusing or just answer the questions that you guys have given us. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say, Essie? No, I just, I echo in the appreciation. Like when we first set out to do this, you know, it was like, well, if we get 15 plays, if we get one play that's so exciting but to see the numbers and how many people are actually following along and are interested and invested it's it's exciting because the more this reaches people the less likely people are to go to the farm or send a loved one to the farm um you know and so yeah um we love to hear from y'all and that's why this episode exists because we don't want to sit up here and act like we are you know, the know-it-alls, like, nope, we're just two individuals. I have lived there. Um, D has a, you know, a loved one there. And so we, we just are sharing what we have. And so when we get messages like, oh, actually, this is what, you know, was taught on the farm or, hey, I have a question about this. Like, we want to hear it. So don't ever hesitate mm. to reach out. Um, but we can go ahead and start with the first question. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so the first question was sent in, um, and we just keep these anonymous uh, unless someone tells us otherwise. So um, thank you for whoever sent in this uh, this question. But they said, how do you get accepted in into the farm initially, which is a really great question. Um, we do have an episode towards the beginning that kind of breaks down a lot of the farm. Um, however, this is a great clarifying question. And so um, I'll probably just start off with what I know and then um, SC will chime in because uh, obviously she was accepted at one point. And so like what we've heard is a lot of the the process is it kind of seems to be a little bit like screen, screening that goes on um, where they 
they basically have you, you know, write in why you should, why you think you should be at the farm, your relationship with Jesus, your past traumas, like they kind of get pretty deep. And honestly, in my opinion, the reason they do this is to know what your triggers are and to know uh, your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses, because that's how they can kind of take hold right from the get go. Um, And so where normally you might think people are going to to going to receive that kind of information and help you figure those things out um, or come alongside you. I, in my experience, it seems that this exact opposite, they just use it to lord over you. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's, it's a process. I know they don't let any, and just anybody in. Um, and I think typically too, if someone kind of like refers you in, you kind of have, you have a better chance of being there, especially if there's someone already on the farm. Um, but that's just like my outsider's point of view. So SC, what do you have to say about that? No, that's that's pretty good. I mean, I would say that there are a couple of ways. I would say maybe even at, at least a few ways that you can get in on the farm. Uh, one of them is, like you said, knowing someone who's been on the farm, who has connections to the farm, you know, um, it maybe is a regular visitor to the farm. That's probably going to be your easiest way to get in because now you have somebody that is vouching for you. Um, the second way is being connected to an organization that supports, um, the farm. Then the final way, which is the way that I took it is I just contacted them via the website. Um, and someone eventually reaches out to you, uh, if they find you to be a good fit. And for me now, looking back, I think they probably kind of dissect your whole life. Like if you have social media, they're going to look you up. They want to see what you're about. Um, they want to see where you're from. And so, but you do a long questionnaire of, like you said, you share really personal details um, and they share all those details with the entire staff. Um, and they let you know that they're going to share it with the entire staff because they want to choose the best house for you um, based on the staff opinions. But, but yeah, so those are the three ways that I think um, are how you get in and not everybody gets accepted. Like they're very selective. They're very selective. Yeah. I think that there's, it seems like it's a, it's a whole process that they go through and, and, and as innocent and I don't know, normal as it seems as like just like an application. I just think there's, like you said, there's so much that goes into it. And one of those, um, those organizations that works with them that we've found is teens for Christ. Um, and that's something that you can look into. Um, we are more focused on the farm, the farm project, obviously uh, harvest home, but that's something that if you have questions or want to look into that, we have found links between teens for Christ and, um, harvest home and they're all the way in Ohio. So it's not like it's just locally, they have connections in a lot of different places, which quite frankly is scary. Um, and we had no idea until things surfaced and people shared things. So that's just another uh, reason to share information if you feel comfortable that it could link something that no one has been able to link before. And that's honestly why we are here and where we are is because of just every little piece of information that y'all have um, felt comfortable to share and the pieces that we've kind of sought after too or have found out ourselves. So, um, you know, you might think that what you have to share or a piece of your experience is like not essential or it's not important, but it is. And if anything else, you deserve a space to share that. Um, just to have a sounding board and to have a listening ear. So not just in, we're not just hungry for the information just to put it out there. We want you to feel heard as well. Um, but we are also just trying to educate and um, warn others. So um, yeah, I the process seems uh, 
pretty normal up front, but it sounds like there's just a lot to it. And it's, it's just a little, it feels like a huge breach of privacy too, honestly, but in the name of healing, I guess it's just kind of their, their little motto. Um, yeah. Yeah. And on paper, like on paper, you know, anywhere that you apply, you know, if you're going to apply, I, I mean, I don't know, I've never applied to a rehab facility, but I would assume that there is like kind of like an intake mm-hmm. process. Um, but because I've lived on the farm now, I suspect it, you know, now it's kind of like, uh, y'all were like dissecting my story. Like there's people that know my story that I maybe now don't want them to know. So yeah, but I mean, that, that, that answers it. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, so then we can move along to a clarifying piece. Um, so we appreciate all of the ex farm members who have reached out to us to offer insights because again, I didn't live on the farm for that long. Whereas there are other ex farm members who are out who were there for years. Um, and even like just, you know, 10 months and that's still more than I live there. So I just appreciate everyone who reaches out to help us kind of really get to the bottom of what the farm is. So one of the things that was sent to us to clarify are the unclean spirits. And so this one was a doozy to talk about. Um, and even just the whole concept of unclean spirits is a whole mystery in its own. But so this person clarified that unclean spirits to the farm are considered people who died. That's it. They haven't gone to heaven or hell. They don't live in purgatory. They are people who've decided to stay on earth. Um, And they can insert themselves to any part of you. Um, They can go into your hip and live there. And if you are known to have hip problems, it's because of this unclean spirit. And so when you go into God encounters on the farm, you are taught that if you encounter an unclean spirit, talk to them like a person. Some, if, and where it gets sticky is that these unclean spirits could be demonic. And so I think if I remember correctly, what was said to me is that the, you have to ask them if they are demonic or if they're a person. And if they're a person, they will tell you that they're a person and you can speak to them like a person like you're having a conversation right now, you know, between friends and just like help them maybe be saved and go to heaven. Um, And then that's it. Your unclean spirit is gone from your hip and your hip issue is, is done. So it's a really distorted belief um, that is not in the Bible. Um, And I'm sure Rhonda tries to use scripture, you know, to, to say that unclean spirits exist, but um, never heard of Jesus casting out any any unclean spirits from a knee. He's like, you have back problems because you're 95. It's a demonic spirit. Um, I for real though, what about older people who just have issues because it's our body and it's dying because it's a fallen world that we live in and we're getting old. Like, you know, no, or no. yeah, what if what if you're born? Right. with something you know like that's just what I don't like you're supposed to be innocent right as a newborn and so like what if you're born or something does that mean you have uh, does the mother have uncle like oh gosh you could go so far with that and yeah. I do um I want to like be careful with this because I don't want to just throw this out there but I'm pretty sure there's uh there is uh, I'm 
someone can correct me if I'm wrong as always, but I'm pretty sure there is a verse that, that basically states you don't, you can't actually know if, in a, like if this, if a spirit is demonic or not, like I don't, cause we can't just like, that's not, we don't see the spirit wrong. Like, so I think there's something about that. I'd ha- I'll have to look it up. And so if y'all know, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's just stuff like that where it just, it just is, it's very confusing in general. And then like, just to think of that way, just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, you know, um, well, I've always said that it seems like we're, we're trying to justify behaviors yeah, and we're not getting to the core of the behavior. So if you have an eating disorder, it's because you have an unclean spirit in you with an eating disorder. So you're just trying to pinpoint that unclean spirit, but you're not pinpointing the cause of right. what that person or what is causing that person to have that eating disorder. Like, right. like the they need cause. counseling, right. They need counseling and, and we need to figure that out so that we can get to the root and hopefully get them on a better path. You know, so if you have alcoholism, you know, it's again, it's an unclean spirit. We're not getting to the core of the issue. Mm-hmm. We are just covering it up because it's an unclean spirit and just putting a bandaid on the issue. Right. Um, not to mention making it confusing. Yes. Yes. And so it's very frustrating. And I just keep going back to the quote from one of Rhonda's books that just says, you know, that we're taught that we can't talk to the dead, but she doesn't find any proof of that because Jesus is dead and doesn't come back and say like, but he resurrected, you know, or he he's alive. That's just it. That was period. That was her sentence. And it's like, what? Right. So well, it's no and, wonder that unclean spirits are a thing because she believes Jesus is dead and we're, we can talk to the dead. Right. Well, and, and to quote her exactly, you can find this on her Instagram. Um, it, she says, Rhonda Calhoun, the leader of Harvest Home, the farm, um, says, I was taught that it was a sin to talk to the dead, but I can't find one passage in the entire Bible that says that. And if that were true, then we couldn't talk to Yeshua. He died. Um, and so... <laughs> Um, that is something that, um, we, eh, yeah, I mean, that's like, who's, who's going to tell her, like, <laughs> yeah, like who, who's going to tell her, <laughs> who wants right, like, to tell her, but <laughs> I don't want that job, but Hey, I will do it. Um, yeah, just that, that whole, that whole concept right there is just really confusing. And it honestly goes against just about the, one of the biggest things in the Bible, which is that Jesus rose again. Um, and so then that therefore makes that whole sentence in that whole statement, just invalid. Like there's just, I don't know what she's trying to use there. And it's very confusing to us. So if you have a, um, if you have a question about that one, feel free to send that one in, uh, probably can't clarify it because that's all we have from her. Um, but it's just things like that where it just, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, so let's move on to the next question. And that is how did the farm start? Uh, so you can go in, uh, listen to uh, one of our very first podcasts, uh, The Deep Dive, I believe is what it's called. And that'll kind of give you an explanation of how it started, uh, kind of more of a history. And then we dive into what's on the website, um, what they say they stand for, all those good things. And you can kind of uh, learn from that. But um, basically, it it started as, you know, like a religious organization. Um, sounds like Rhonda and then Danny, her husband, had an idea to help vulnerable people i think specifically i kind of specifically women um and i uh, but then yeah they just i guess they wanted to help um they wanted a nonprofit organization and 
you know, I, that's what's, that's something that's hard for me too, is, is we have like the, the facts of, of the date when they started and, um, where they started in Holden, Missouri on this 370 acre farm, um, of private land. Um, but then honestly, it's a little, I wish I knew more about like how they started in the way of like what brought them to actually want to do this. But the hard thing is, is when they did that, they probably just didn't know that it would be what it is today. Um, I like to think that nobody goes into something with intentions like this. However, I could be proved wrong. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I don't know. Well, SC, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I remember when I lived there, they always shared this story of how it became a thing. And like, I think Danny and Rhonda were on a hike or they were on the edge of a mountain overlooking something. And Danny had this vision and dream, you know, that he was meant to help, you know, trafficked women. I think, I think that was like their goal to like help trafficked women or yeah, it was women. It was, it was, it was geared towards helping women. And, you know, I, I'd like to give them, you know, credit and, and think that they had good intentions, that they had this opportunity to own this farm that could turn into a healing farm. I would love, you know, to believe that they had good intentions and it, you know, unraveled and became this ugly thing full of lies. But, you know, I, I don't know if they deserve the credit. You know, I, I don't know if they deserve it. I don't know, knowing them now, like if they had ill intentions from the beginning, you know, right. so it's like, I, I would want to give them credit. I think that they had good intentions, but I don't think they deserve it. Right. Well, especially with what we've seen and it's just hard to, it's hard to, once you know what you know about the farm, it's really hard to go back to a position of how does anybody start, like start with good intentions tensions and end up like this yeah. like this just especially as a believer I'm sorry but we are held to a higher standard mm -hmm. um and I just don't see if you're in the word and you are truly a believer that I don't think that and if you had God at the center and controlling this organization I don't think it's even possible for it to get there right um unless you somehow were infiltrated or influenced yourself or brainwashed yourself which whole nother story and well, um I think like yeah oh, oh sorry well I mean if you if you're reading the stories or if you're listening along and you're hearing the stories like there's real spiritual trauma that is happening and spiritual trauma is sometimes you know some of the hardest trauma to unwrap because it's unwrapped with a belief system that maybe you believe for so long and now you're questioning everything you're questioning your purpose you're questioning your existence because it's so confusing and it's so entangled and it's entangled with emotions and you know but there is some serious trauma that that is existing you know, with people that have left the farm, that is just so painful to read and so painful to hear. And I just, I, I mean, I, yeah, they don't deserve credit. Yeah. I, when I think the, a reason that it has to, it, it's probably so hard, obviously I can only like, I can't speak for anybody, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a, you're dealing with salvation and salvation is not, it, it's not a simple thing in a way. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, especially if you're now you're so confused as to what that means. And, and that literally is your, your, are you going to hell or are you going to heaven? Um, and that's no joke. And so I think that that part too is it, that's where I have like so much heartache towards these people who got out and now they're just so confused. And because it, salvation is a whole nother thing over there. And they're probably telling them 
that they are losing their salvation by leaving. Like, can you imagine? I don't care if like I hear from somebody who I don't respect at all. That's going to sit somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that just doesn't go away. It, it, it might make you second guess yourself. It might make you just doubt things. And then like, and not to mention you're dealing with this trauma. Like you said, you're dealing with this. You're going back home. Like, what does that even mean? I don't think we can, I can't even grasp what that looks like. And SC, I know that you have some experience with it, but there's just a whole load of things happening all at once. And it's, it's just really sad that you go to a, a place that claims to be, um, that claims that they're believers and that they're following what the the word says. And yet you leave questioning your salvation. That's so unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we kind of went on a tangent there, so <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but the, to answer your question, it started in the early two thousands and, you know, they claim to have wanted to help women and that that's it. And what we know now is what we know. You know, so the, it's not the truth. Um, yep. So the next clarification that I received was about the birds. So I appreciated this one because I didn't remember. I don't even remember the full the full details. But so it's not that they don't believe in birds existing. They are fully aware that birds are real. They see birds. They know it's a. They know what it is. It's that they believe that witches and warlocks use the birds to get information on what's happening in the farm. So if somebody is having a deliverance um, and a bird flies by, they're going to think that it's a witch who has gone into the bird to listen in on that deliverance. And this is, this is what's confusing to me. Why? Why would a bird care? Or why would a witch care specifically what you are doing, Rhonda? Because birds, like, I, I'm flabbergasted. (laughs) Like, I just, her obsession with witchcraft And the crap that she does only makes me feel and believe that she's entangled in witchcraft. Right. Because it's like, okay, you're watching me pray, witch. Right. How do you like it? Maybe you should try it. I'm delivering someone from this demon, booyah, you know, like my God is bigger than your bird like I don't it just doesn't make sense and so the more I hear about this concept of birds and insects and all of this it just and her ritualistic behavior in in what she does to these men and women on the farm just leads me to believe that Rhonda is entangled with witchcraft I'm sorry right and again that's my opinion my opinion but come on I mean, yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you on that one. It's, um, yeah, it's one of those things too, is like, you're literally just distracting everybody from what the Lord's work then. Why would you want to do that? Also, um, I'm some, so this is the thing. If you were not involved in witchcraft and even, even let's say if you were an expert in like witchcraft, right? Like you've done, you've done schooling on it, whatever, which obviously Rhonda does not believe in. Um, so therefore she can't actually know that much other than what she makes up in her own mind. Um, sorry, 
my my opinion um but then like how um how how do you know so much about it then how do you how do you where's your i would love evidence as to how you know there is a witch inside that bird or that bird is watching you like what what when what's to say the blue jays watching you versus a crow like how what if is it not possible for a bird just to coincidentally cross paths over you what if they're all going to the south do they do that in missouri <laughs> i don't know okay God. i just gave away where i live it's fine um but like what if they're just going somewhere you could skip that um i just get very i it doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense so i mean to <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know. I'm confused. And the other thought with birds too, in this whole concept, and the same with unclean spirits and all of her beliefs is why, to your point, why is she the only one who has this information? And why don't other pastors like anywhere mm-hmm. have this same teaching? Like th- that to me blows mm-hmm. my mind. It's like, you know, when you're doing a research right. project or a research paper, you have to collect multiple sources. Um, and with the Bible, like there are multiple accounts that what happened in the Bible is true. There's from multiple places. But yet her stuff, it's just her. Just one person. Right. That's so true. Well, and like, and if it was that important, don't you think she'd share that with others too? Like, why are we just keeping it to only farm members? Why are you not mm-hmm. sharing that with some other scholar? Why aren't you writing pastor? a book that is being shared but, around with I other mean, theologians? Like you're so, like, come on. Right. Knowledge is power. You should want to share it. You know, you want to protect other people. You care about people, right? So that's where I'm like, it just does not add up. Um, and I, it, yeah, there's just no, um, there's just no evidence of it. And until there is, and if there is, I don't think, I don't someone think come forward. we'll find evidence, but I don't think we'll find that either. It's not so in the Bible, but you know, okay. All right. Exactly. So next question. <laughs> okay. Next question. Okay. Yeah. This one was good too. Um, so basically, uh, this person asked us on our Instagram, uh, they said that we kind of insinuate that there's mainly women on the farm. And then is this true? If so, why? So that's a great question. Uh, so it is a majority uh, of women that are there. And then I know, obviously, Rhonda's husband is Danny. He's a male. And then I've heard there's some people who work on the farm that might be uh, male. And then uh, I have heard of like, um, some people have had kids there, correct? And, and, and husbands, actually, too, before. So I mean, there have been, but it's definitely a majority of women. Um, and as to why, I wonder if it doesn't go back, SC, to kind of where, like, how it started. You know, how you said, like, Danny kind of had this vision of helping women. Um, not to mention, I wonder if they're not pulling from, like, uh, the women uh, and vulnerable orphans and vulnerable mm-hmm. children, like, the vulnerable um, from the Bible, maybe. And that's what yeah. they went off of. Um, and twisted. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? So most of the house leaders are married. So there are men and they're the ones who do the labor. It's very like there's gender roles. Like the men do the hard labor of like building and fixing and the women kind of do the farming and the cleaning and all of that. Um, But there was a guy that was living in one of the houses away from the women. He didn't live with the women. 
barely interacted with the women. They keep women and men very separate. Um, he was the only one that I knew. And I, I think I asked that question when I lived there, like, you know, are there men here? And they're like, yeah, on occasion, they'll have a few men. Um, but again, they stay far, you know, because men and women interacting, it can be very dangerous. Um, and then there, there are like men that are sons of like house leaders, I think that live there. Um, so, and I think they just kind of marry each other. Like one, one dude will marry one of the house, one of the residents that's a woman and then they'll start their own house and kind of like that, um, from my understanding. So, uh, that, that just sounds like a trap waiting, you know, just a trap waiting because you're yeah. connect, you're making so many connections inside of there that you have none outside and you create a family in there and what's mm-hmm. to stop you from you know, yeah, you're not going to leave. And even if you wanted to, that's going to be really tough. Um, well, on, on that note too, like, since you say that when I was there and this is kind of a little side note tangent where there was a family that lived there and it was a family related to one of the house leaders and, um, beautiful family loved them. I interacted with the kids often. Um, but the two, I, again, I don't think they believe in schooling. Um, and so, Two of the girls, they were probably like eight or like nine and seven or something, and they didn't know how to read. Like I had asked them to read something from a napkin, and they were like, oh, I don't know. But they could tell me the letters. And so that was very Mm -hmm. concerning because if you don't know how to read, you'll never be able to learn on your own. You'll never be able to question things like Rhonda's teachings. You'll never be able to open a Bible and say, oh, wait, she's wrong. So I remember being very sick to my stomach um, because coming from an education background, like teaching kids to be independent like that. Yeah. That was very hard. That's So that is uh, absolutely appalling, and it's just really sad. Um, and, like, it's 2022, you know, or whenever it was, you know, 2016 or whatever, like, there's no excuse for a kid to not know how to read. That's, that's so sad. Um, especially in an environment where it can be, ha- where it could probably easily happen. Um, so my question actually, Essie, for you is, um, I've never asked this question, but there are there Bibles like a- on hand at the farm? There are, which, you know, now that I think of it, I wish I would have looked into the Bibles that they provide there to see if it, they've been altered in any way. Um, mm. but no one reads the Bible to read it, to learn. They read the Bible to go with whatever Rhonda was teaching. Um, so she's picking and choosing, right? Certain verses. So they're not reading the full context. And if they do read the full context, it's with someone, a leader who is using a lot of fear tactics to, basically scare the crap out of you. Cause I mean, we read a, a book together and she just kept sprinkling so much shame and so much guilt. And it's like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a panic attack. Like I'm the worst believer ever. Like, how do I go home and, and, you know, live my normal life. So it's very, yeah. Does mm. that answer your question? Yeah. I was just curious. Okay. Cause I mean, I feel like it'd be really dumb on their part to not have any, but I was, I was thinking it's probably, 
not a lot of them. Whereas you would think there should be one at, at every bedside at every, but if they're not actually teaching what's in it, I'm not surprised. And, um, also like, you don't, you don't, she likes to give a lot of worksheets too. I mean, it's so interesting that she doesn't believe in, um, like higher education or, or professionals helping you. And yet she thinks she's a professional and she's going to give you worksheets and she's going to do the exact same thing that schooling would do for you, but it's her own way. And it's, and it's the best way and it's the righteous way and it's the Rhonda way. And that is, is so it's just backwards and it doesn't make sense. And, you know, um, all right. So going, uh, with another clarification. So one of the, I guess one of the stories we read mentioned burping. Um, and you know, that's still one of the things that just, uh, one of the belief systems and I'm just like, okay. So the clarification is I could not, when we shared on the podcast, I couldn't remember what the burping signified. And so someone sent in the clarification that burping signified that the Holy spirit was close. So if we're in a, prayer session and we're praying and we're praying for something to be confirmed um and we're just waiting for the lord to speak and somebody burps that's the holy spirit confirming what we prayed for and so <laughs> I, and i guess the i mean we've already established that the rules don't apply for farting even though it's mm-hmm. gas but if you fart you're a sinner you know or you're being inappropriate but burping like, I just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like trying to picture this and I'm not trying to make fun of um, anybody other than Rhonda, really. Um, but um, I can't imagine like sitting in a circle, praying and like waiting for the Lord and someone just burps. Like, I'm so sorry. I would just, I would probably laugh. Like, I, and I'm sorry, like, why are we using such a normal body function as a confirmation? Um, that could literally happen, just like the birds. It literally just like the bird concept, like heaven forbid a bird flies across you at that exact time that you're doing a deliverance. Heaven forbid somebody has to burp and. But you know, what's so scary that something so simple can be used as God's word. And I, I can't imagine the things that are not biblical that have been confirmed because of this belief system. And that's, what's dangerous. Like it's, 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 I mean, it's, funny to think about it because it's so beyond our belief system that it's like you have to chuckle because I don't have any other emotion that I can display because it's like what what why this but when we dissect it to where it's dangerous it's I wonder how many things have been confirmed that are lies and not of God because of belching and that's why it's it's more of a challenge for me to to not believe that Rhonda isn't tied in with witchcraft. Right. Well, I mean, and also like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I feel like, and not to say like, I, we're not even supposed to ask for signs. Like we're not even supposed, like the Lord literally states, like, don't look for signs. He like, that's not how he works. You have faith for a reason. You, he doesn't need to prove himself or justify himself. And so then just that aside. Okay. But then two, you're literally using something so easy like Rhonda you couldn't have thought of something else like you but you're doing something that someone could do on accident someone could do just at any point in time of the day and so you're just using it as as a way to have leverage 
And that to me is just disastrous. And it, and it blows my mind that you would even think to do that. And then not to mention, um, coming out of, out of the farm, if you have already, like are, are then our burps like triggering because you're like, Oh, was that like, seriously, something that anybody could do at any time. Somebody walks past you, someone's at a restaurant, like, why is that's my thing? And what if someone's not a believer and they burp? How, what, how does that work? Is it? Well, it's how do you separate what's actually just gas and what's actually the Holy Spirit? And so I think it opens up the door to some serious spiritual manipulation yes. um, because it's something, like you said, it's something so simple that anybody could use um, as a form to manipulate their, their right. faith. Well, and I think honestly, well, let's be honest. We know exactly why Rhonda chose it. It's because she's going to, she'll take it for leverage. And if they, with that knowledge and being in that environment, anytime that happens, they're going to go ask her what it meant. And because they're not going to know because it's really confusing. And they're going to go ask her or one of the leaders. And we all know how that's going to turn out. Yep. That's good. Oh, okay. Moving on to the next question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. This one is, um, oh yeah, this one is a very, very important question. Um, and we will try to answer it the best that we can. Um, but just remember we're all going through this as well. Um, and so we're right there with you for a lot of this journey. Uh, so the question was, um, how do you deal with loved ones, uh, slash friends who are still at the farm? Um, this one's right up my alley. Um, as you guys have probably heard from uh, previous episodes, I have a loved one on the farm. Um, and, you know, I really wish I had a good answer. Um, I'm still learning myself. I'm still trying to figure that one out. It's something that's so hard to process and so hard to deal with. And it's something that kind of comes up on a daily basis, um, if not just really often. And, you know, um, obviously there's two ways to like, you could interpret this question a couple different ways. One is like, how do you actually like process it, deal with it? And then two, like, how do you try to deal with it as in like get them off the farm? Um, naturally with like the whole processing thing, we're not counselors, we're not therapists. So we highly recommend you talk to someone about it. Um, I do. Um, and uh, just have a good support group. And then just, I don't know, rely on the Lord. Um, that's really like the best advice I think I can give. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard question to answer. Not because it's a, it's a tough question itself. It's because it's so complex. You know, how do you love on uh, family members who are in a cult? Um, and you want to make sure that you're not pushing them further, you know, into the cult. You know, you it's, it's this little delicate dance that you have to do. Um, but I, you know, and again, here at the farm project, we're not experts. Um, and so my biggest recommendation for people is to seek a counselor that specifically deals with cults. Okay. Because any counselor can counsel you on how to process your emotions. Um, you know, any good counselor, how to process your emotions of loss and grief and all of that, because there is loss and grief. And, you know, there's this whole you know, emotional experience that you go through, but then there are counselors specifically for cults and, and, and helping family members who have those affected, you know, in a cult or, you know, people leaving a cult, I would tap into those, um, in your area, try to find somebody and pick their brain. 
um, because there are resources out there um, on how to specifically do this. Uh, it's not easy. Um, it takes a lot of patience. And if you are a believer, it takes a lot of trusting um, in the Lord. Um, I know that when I left the farm, I could name every single person I thought of as I left and I felt like I was leaving them behind and I was betraying them even though they were still believers of what the farm taught but I felt that I was betraying them because I saw them all as like I saw them all as sisters and really there is no easy way to answer this question but one thing we do encourage people that do reach out to us that do have loved ones on the farm is to make a report with the police and if you're not from Missouri or if you don't reside anywhere near the farm, you can still report the farm to uh, your local authorities. Um, we can make a greater impact the more reporting we get from uh, family members, ex-farm members. So I would say that that would be, you know, my biggest encouragement. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the The next question too, which it's basically the same one, so I thought we'd kind of combine it. Um, just like how to get people away from the farm. So we basically kind of mentioned some of those things. And, and um, you know, I think that the the biggest thing that we can do at the moment too is, is just make other people aware um, if you feel like that's what you need to do or even calling, you know, calling the, the police officers of Holden, calling your local, you know, talking to someone local and in law enforcement because the more that people know about it, the more they can't stay silent. Um, and so I think that if you feel comfortable doing that, that's one way to just start. Um, and I think it can seem extremely hopeless a lot of the times. Um, and so remembering too, that one step at a time, um, you know, it took even this project a long time to come along. I mean, it, the farm's been around for a long time, longer than we have, obviously. And it took us a while to get to where we're even at, but we've made steps and the Lord has um, given us opportunities to share and uh, platforms to share that on. And we are taking steps. Sometimes it just feels like a slow, um, a slow, slow go. But um, honestly, we're hoping to give you more resources and information as we go to, because um, our goal is, as you'll know, to get people out, um, to have people avoid people getting in. And at the end of the day, having a place for these men and women to to come home to that's safe, where they can start over and um, you know live a live a hopefully healthy life. And so, um, yeah, we're just sorry that you're going through this as well, but know that you're not alone. And if you need anything, we're here to talk. Like I said, if there's stories you want to share, that's great. But those aren't necessary to have a conversation with us. So, um, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, tap into those professionals. Mm. that are specifically I, I, that's that's what i would say and you know for somebody who's trying to get somebody to stay off of the farm i mean but share our website you know we have so many stories and accounts of people that have lived on the farm for a very long time um and that's why we're here like you said d like that's why we're here we we're trying to raise awareness so that people can stay away from this place right. um because we don't need anybody else to be traumatized um, and so, yeah. And even if they, even if they feel comfortable reaching out to us, um, my hope is that they would mm -hmm. be comfortable to ask us questions. If they think we're wrong, if they need to get defensive, by all means, um, yeah. send them our way and we'd be happy to have a very civil conversation with them, um, sharing our experiences and others. And then maybe we can even give, maybe we can even get them in touch with other ex-farm members, 
um, like SC who can say I was actually there. Um, and I know what you've seen. I've seen what you've seen. I've lived in the place that you've lived. Um, I've talked to Rhonda, I've talked to this person and then they kind of get a tangible feeling for like, oh, that person was actually physically in the same space. Whereas I could say, this is bad. This is terrible. Put them in a little bit of panic mode, make them defensive. But I have nothing. I don't really have anything other than, um, indirect experience. So we are always here. We're always open to that conversation, whatever way that means, uh, that's comfortable for them. And we would not attack them. Um, we're literally just here to be hopefully to be helpful. And, and if at the end of the day, they still choose the farm, that's something that we have to deal with. Um, that's something that we have to process and, you know, not necessarily accept, but assume that the Lord is doing something within that. So, um, it, it's definitely, it's just not easy, but we're here for you and, and you're, you're, yeah, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to, uh, one of the final clarifications or just somebody, <clears throat> um, sent in to add. So we discussed, uh, Sheol in one of our podcasts. And I think we had said like, it's one of those things. It's just very complex, very similar to unclean spirits. Um, it's hard to explain, um, and even with all the information that we can get, it's still kind of complex to understand. So just somebody um, added to the Sheol, Sheol concept is that uh, Rhonda teaches that a part of you um, can be sent to this place called Sheol for a number of reasons. If you sinned or if you were sinned against or you were harmed, um, I don't fully remember what she defines as parts. I don't know if that means like a a certain age or if like my arm could be sent to Sheol because I sinned with this arm. I don't fully remember what she meant by parts. Um, What I recall is me as a person, as a young girl or me as a person, as a teenager was trapped in Sheol. And so I need to heal that teenage part by rescuing her from Sheol with Jesus. And so not sure if that makes any more sense than before, but that's Sheol according to Rhonda. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you can kind of you'll get a um, you may have already listened to the Calhounism part one and two, and that kind of gives you more insight into what she shares and stuff on Sheol, the things that um, she explains in there and in its direct uh, quotes from what she's written um, or not written and put in there, <laughs> um, as you'll find out. Um, but that's that's a really, those, those two parts are really great to listen to too if you're just trying to get to know Rhonda better other than what we've said, because obviously we have a certain viewpoint we have our certain experiences and yeah, we're not big fans. Um, so, um, so. <laughs> and, and if you are a big fan of her teachings, yep. that's totally fine. Yeah. Like you are welcome here. Yep. Okay. Right. So, um, but this is just our opinion and as always, yeah, as always just give curious. us feedback if you want to, um, yeah, we're open to that. So we don't, yeah. If you think differently, feel differently, if you're not a believer, um, you're welcome here too. Just know that like, we're just, we're sharing our experiences, but that doesn't mean that we are not open to other people's experiences. Um, yeah. So, exactly. well, I think that was all the clarifications, right? Yeah. Perfect. Um, and that was all the questions that we had. Uh, if you guys have any in the future, um, please let us know. We'd love to incorporate them into the next season. 
Um, and then also, like we said, if you have stories, if you have something else to share, we would love to um, let you be heard. Um, and whether you want to share that story or not, once again, um, we're not here to pressure you. We want you to do this at your own time and at your own pace. But um, we look forward to seeing you all in the next season. Um, yeah, anything else, Essie? No, I think that's it. I mean, as we work through season two, we would love to share your stories to be able to bring awareness um, as we work through season two. If you have mm. a story, if you have um, a personal writing, you know, that's not even a story, but it's personal, um, you know, a song, anything like we are happy to share again for the purpose of sharing, of spreading awareness of what this place is and what it's done to a lot of people. Um but with that said, thank you guys so much for giving us this opportunity to share and to bring awareness and to just be vulnerable. Um, thank you for giving us the space and we look forward to the next season. Yeah. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Farm Project Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new releases and updates. You can visit our website at www.thefarmprojectmo.org. And for more information, you can follow us on social media at thefarmproject underscore mo. Do you have a story to tell? You aren't alone. We will respect your privacy if you do decide to share it. Our goal is to warn others and also take solace in a shared grief. Connect with us on our website or social media to share your story or to just talk to another ex-farm member. And one last thing before we go. Have a question about the episode you just heard? Hop on over to our website and submit your questions by following the link on our homepage.